Hey everyone, we are back. And on this episode, we have Andrew Rammel, my husband of 16 years. He is definitely in high demand on the internet, but you won't see his face very often or rarely hear his voice. So this was an exciting episode for me to record. I actually asked my audience uh, on Instagram a bunch of questions and they asked, and we had a really fun conversation and a great day. And I loved recording this episode for you. Is that good? Talk, Anz. Yeah, I can talk. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, you good? Tell us when you're ready, Max. Oh, we're recording. Hey, babe. Hey. Are you excited? I don't know if I would say excited. I'm willing. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I actually appreciate that honesty very much. It sums you up perfectly. Willing. Always willing, rarely mm-hmm. excited. <laughs> okay, if you're new here and you don't follow me on Instagram at Jenna's Kitchen, then you've never heard of Andrew Rammel, but he is my husband of 16 years. And he is the father of the four children who run our lives and own our hearts. And the people of the internet love you, babe. They really do. It's good to know. It's you're just a good man. It's good to man. be loved. Yeah. Yeah. You're just a good man and people know it. They feel it. That's nice. Even though they always say, Can you turn up the volume on your phone? I said, No, that's just the volume of his voice. The volume is what it is. That's <laughs> just gonna be what it is. So, so but this is good because on the podcast, Max can turn you up and stuff or turn you down or whatever. Okay. So I asked on uh Instagram. I actually meant to have you on the podcast last year, but we didn't ever do it. Um, just some rapid fire marriage questions. I feel like I get a lot of marriage questions, which I love. Um, I definitely don't feel like we're an expert, but we've been married a really long time. Yeah. 16 ain't, ain't short. That's Mm-mm. for sure. I've been with you almost more than I was with my parents, which is bananas. So I asked on Instagram just a bunch of different rapid fire questions kind of things. So I don't want to go to, we might have to split this into two parts, but I wanted to sort of get these questions answered. A lot of women don't understand their husbands and they seek sort of the the perspective of somebody else, another man, because they are they really do want to understand what's going on in their relationship and and what's going on with men. And men and women are obviously super different. So these are great questions. Are you ready to I'm ready. Okay. Aline asks what is the quickest, most effective way to connect with your spouse? What would you say? Are Sex, these... prob- probably. <laughs> if we're talking quick, yeah, that's quick. <laughs> Some days. Yeah, it depends on when. But yeah, no, I think that's like a easy, like, yeah. patent answer. Totally. Um, 
but I think re- like really connecting is like having to figure out how to communicate with each other and um, get to know like the ins and outs of that individual. That's like real connection. And that only happens through time, um, talking, you know, I also think, um, just taking time to get to know what makes your spouse or your significant other tick, um, is the real true way to connect with them, you know? So it's not quick, quick, none of it's quick really. Yeah, no, I don't think it is a, I don't think it is quick. I think there's a lot of things you can do, like small things that build up to connection, but. Name something like that. Spending time, going on dates, going out to dinner, putting away your phone, finding a Netflix series. I can even say just like asking the question, like, how can I support you right now? You know, when the world is spinning around us, I feel like I like to look at you and just say, how are you? Are mm-hmm. you good? Because we can be ships in the night just dealing with the kids and work and the house and just looking in your eyes and saying, I see you and I love you and we will connect later. Yeah. Okay. I like those answers. Okay. This next one is great. How do you support each other's hobbies? <laughs> Andrew has at least... Yeah, she says I'm she says I'm the king of hobbies, so maybe she needs to answer, but Well, I think for a long time I would drag my feet about the hobbies because hobbies typically cost money and they most definitely cause time and energy and believing that we aren't in a limited source of those things anymore, I think has helped me to support the hobbies better, knowing that when you're spending time in the hobby, it's okay because time is expansive and we have more time. And it's not like I'm losing you to the kids or losing you to me because you're spending time with your hobby because I know that it enriches your life. It makes you a whole person and a happy person. And that's what I want for our family. Yeah. From like a mental health aspect, like if you're not doing the things that <clears throat> bring you joy and help you be happy, help you expend your energies, then you're not going to be a good partner. Yeah. So if you're constantly giving kickback on, on your spouse wanting to do whatever, you know, and there's definitely, there's definitely balance in all things. You can't always golf and you can't always ski. You can't always, whatever the thing is, you definitely need to have balance, but you also have to you also have to know that like part of that is, is important yeah. and it's going to make them a better person. Um, I think too, like I don't love the sports, but I go because like the cheerleaders are cute and <laughs> the food is good and hanging out with you is fun, you know? And I think for a lot of years it's like, well, I don't enjoy doing that. So I'm not going to be doing that, but it's not about that. It's about, I mean, I was banned from football for a long time. Yeah, I was going to say there's times where you can where you can try to in, involve your spouse in your hobby or something that brings you joy, and not always do you have to do that. Totally. Like the first couple of years of our marriage, Jenna would want to leave after the first quarter of a football game, and it only took a couple of times before she was uninvited, and we no longer bought her a season ticket. You know? <laughs> and that's fine. 
it's but was then, a release. It was like, thank you so much for releasing me from this problem. I, I don't want it. And I don't want to be there for four and a half hours. But then there's other things like this last year, Jenna getting into skiing and like to see our whole family doing, doing that together was like such an awesome, such an awesome thing, you know, and it's sad that she got hurt. I don't know why that's a sad thing. Well, it is sad that she got hurt, but um, it does show me that like there can be like real joy in like sharing, you know, sharing those hobbies, that thing that was just mine, you know, and it became mine and the boys and then it became mine, and the boys and Jenna. It was just like, it then became a family thing and it was, it was great. It is great. It will be great. It'll be um, great again. I promise. So yeah, I think there's hobbies that are your own and there's hobbies that you can you can include your spouse and your family in. Both are great. <sighs> yeah. I did not expect to be emotional about that question. It's, that was so hard. It's so hard still. But it's good. Okay. Woo. Love you. Love you. Um how do I make my hubby feel appreciated? Lately, he feels like I'm nagging. You don't ever feel nagged. Ever. <laughs> Are we going to cut out, like, my thinking? Because I, should... I mean, Max will, but it's fine. You can think for as long as you want. Like, how do we have, what, say the question one more time? Like, when you feel nagged by me, well, how does that feel? But she asked it differently. She asked, she asked how do I make my hubby feel appreciated? Lately, he feels like I'm nagging. Well, I think the to the like given answer is just to tell him that you appreciate him and how and why. Yeah. You know, and be as specific as you possibly can. It's very easy to be like, thank you for, you know, and have it be a yeah. general thing. But if you can be very specific, um, that goes a long way to show that you're actually paying attention. Yeah, like yesterday... This is an, this is husband to wife, but yesterday you text me when I text you the video of me. Lolly's birthday was yesterday, and I had the sunroof open, and I played Katy Perry's birthday song, and I let her like dance in the carpool lane, and not the carpool lane of like the freeway, like the carpool pull up, drop off at school, going one mile an hour. Anyway, um, and you just said to me, "You're such a fun." I don't even remember what you said. You just said, "You're such a fun." celebrating mom or something like that and that just meant the world to me like very specific not just like you're a good mom you're a good dad but just like Andrew I appreciated it when you helped me with running the kids around today and I appreciated when you helped me with the kids homework or whatever it is like getting really specific about that help yeah and that well, encourages you doing it more I think for sure and I think in that comment it's just you and I have such different styles like I would celebrate Lolly in a totally different way, but that was like, that's your way. And just to recognize like those actions. Right. Um, I think the other part of like nagging, it only feels like nagging when you don't feel seen in some other way. Like he's clearly feeling like the other things that he are, is doing are not being noticed or not being recognized. And therefore it does feel like nagging. Otherwise, 
it would never get to a nagging state if you're constantly in this like building up and recognizing and and identifying the positive things that your spouse is doing. I think you just avoid getting to that state of nagging, you know, if you're being proactive in the other way. Yeah, it does feel like it's like a season almost of, wow, we're really at each other's throats. Or not. Yeah. yeah or and- not. We're really working positively together. And even then, it's there's still moments of like, why didn't you freaking do this? But it is just it just lands better, maybe. Yeah. And also the longer you're with someone, like and the longer you're going through like the mundane tasks of the day of parenting, of work, of whatever it is, like the easier it is to to no longer recognize those things that you're doing. Like it just becomes part of the routine. Yeah. And the appreciation can easily just go out the window. You can just you can just assume that that's that's an expectation, therefore I don't need to I don't need to acknowledge it at all. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Um the next question is how much time are you together during the day between family life and work? <laughs> Most of the day. <laughs> We're Not, together more than most people are, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on the day. It depends on the time. Yeah. If you don't but, know, we we run a plant-based skincare company. We have a doTERRA business. Uh, we have four kids. So we, you know, we work in the same office. We work together on the same projects. We, I mean, di- different. We, we run different parts of the company, but um, we have to communicate a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we def- get to. We get to. Yeah, definitely more than you would, you know, you would, most, most couples aren't together as much as we are. And that always hasn't been the case. Like we've gone most of our, most of our married lives, we've worked completely separate jobs and completely separate arenas. And actually I, spent a lot of time apart with you traveling for work. Yeah. yeah. I've worked in sales for a long time. And so I was. I was gone a long time. So we know, we know the, the two extremes and it's been, it's actually been a challenge in these past few years that we've been working together to figure out how to work together. It's been a, it's, it's been a process for Mm -hmm. sure. And I mean, even still, I got Max, good old Max over here to babysit tonight so we could go out. So even though we're here together, at the office all day and then we're at home all night it is it's a totally different category to spend time together as just people and friends yeah what do you think mm-hmm. um how do you root each other on support cheer inspire each other i can start okay um there just isn't a thing that andrew doesn't think i can do Except maybe like fold the laundry. <laughs> but even then, I think you think I could do it. You just oh, you know that I can. don't want to. <laughs> I know you could put the lid on the toothpaste. You could not do a bunch of things, but <laughs> uh, yeah. But you choose not to sometimes. No, I think this goes back to the nagging question of like just acknowledging the things that your spouse is doing and praise them for the the things they're doing and cheer them on when they're down and don't feel that like they can, you know? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. We take turns. Like I think the other night you had a really hard phone call with, with something we've been dealing with and put you in a funk and 
And I made the conscious choice to, to be as positive as I could be and as supportive as I could be and as loving as I could be and just take the turn and let Andrew have his turn of being down about it. And it's not necessarily that I was like, go you, cheerleading, yay. I was just making an effort to let you have that space and 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 allow that to be. Because I think sometimes it can be like, okay, I'm ready for you to snap out of it because I need you to be happy. And I know you do that with me as well. Yeah. Give space to let people work through things. Obviously space, but also support, you know. It's a tough balance to know when when to come in and fix something, when to just listen and when you also just need to kind of step away and let somebody work through something, you know. Yeah. But I think that's part of a good relationship is kind of knowing knowing those times. It's a difficult thing, but. Doable. Doable. Okay, so this next question is really fun. <laughs> You're going to love it. How do you keep things spicy? And my mom. I think my mom and dad listen to the podcast, which I shouldn't have told you that before saying this. How do we keep things spicy? It's not very hard to keep things spicy <laughs> with Jenna. She's hot. <laughs> She's sexy. No, I just think. You're nice. Yeah, and likewise. What would you say? Well, I think we learned a lot the last couple of years about how having keep like healthy a healthy relationship equals a healthy sex life. I think for a lot of years, I mean, we always had good sex, but it just I think has gotten way more fun and better as our relationship has gotten way more fun and better. And um I don't know, like doing things out of my comfort zone like sending naked pictures and stuff. Like, that's never been my thing. But I do it now, and now it's kind of fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're on to something, though, the fact that, like, the overall relationship, like, the, the the strength of your or the health of your relationship will also directly affect the strength or the, you know, the health of your sex life. It's a – they go together. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times – or early on in life. And I think in general, a lot of relationships, like there's this idea that, that men have this requirement, like this checkbox of like, they're a ticking time bomb. That's something that they can't control. It's just in their nature. And like, I don't know. I think if there's ever any, if there's ever any obligational sex, like you're just doing this out of, out of, Okay, Andrew's being a being an asshole now. He clearly needs to do this. Let's do it to to just fix the problem, right? Um, that's that's not going to lead to a good, healthy sex life. So I think in both parts, like the guy needs to realize that like they can't use that as an excuse. Like you don't, you're not going to die. You know what I'm saying? Like get rid of this idea that it's like a, it's like. A need. It, it it's it's a physical need. It's there for sure. But you're you have more control than than that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we just learn. We're conditioned to know and learn that like men need it in a physical. It's a physical need in a way that isn't for women, and it, it's definitely a physical need for women too. Like I can feel when I need to have sex. 
like that. And I think that that's just a newer understanding for me because it felt like that was for men to have and not for women to have. But physical needs also include being kind to and being served and being supported and hugs and kisses and words of affirmation. Like there's just so many other physical needs. I think sex just gets the only physical need category or something. Yeah. And I, we've, we we went through this, like, like we took the, we took the, what's the test? The The love language, the love language test. And I think a lot of guys default, like people will just default them into the corner that like sex is their love language, period. And I would, I would guess that there's quite a few that aren't like when I took the test, like I realized that that's not even that's not even my number one. You know, physical touch wasn't the number one. What's your number one? I mean, I know. Quality you, time? Access no. service? Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation, that's right. Which was shocking yeah, to me was. because he does not speak typically. You're not a big talker. Right. So I was like, what? I definitely wasn't doing that. I mean, I would tell you nice things occasionally, but not the way I've tried to since I've known that. Because I thought sex was the end all be all for you. Mm-hmm. I was that same way. For sure. So yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of wisdom in just knowing how your spouse feels loved. Mm-hmm. And when you're when you're doing those things, like I think that will will translate into better sex life. Okay. Someone asked us how often we have sex, actually. Oh, that comes that's like in comes in waves sometimes. I, know. I think it's that's the other thing that I don't I don't like the idea of like maybe some people have great success with like scheduling time for this or you know a specific time and day Ugh, I just I don't I don't know I support you if that works for you I really do I just don't think that would work for me I feel like just doing the things that lead to sex more often are the key Yeah How do you feel like um, this changed for you because I do think there was a time when you felt because what you're okay what you're saying earlier I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this was you said guys just need to know that that that's not something that has to happen all the time or it has to happen a certain amount of time so how did how do you take ownership over wanting to have sex and then being like it's not a good night to do that or Jenna I don't need that from her today like how do you work through like that sort of mindset shift well because I no longer feel guilty and I'm so thankful for that because it just feels like it oh I I remember what you said you said um you don't want your partner to do it if they don't want to do it either yeah, nobody wants anything to be done out of obligation. Right. Or at least I assume most. Um, but I guess I was just sick of like having this like quote unquote ticking time bomb like be something that led me to get frustrated and to get upset. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've, I know people specific, I know people that like have, you know ruined relationships because they count the days down since their spouse had sex with them mm-hmm. you know um it's I kind th- of used as currency we've talked about that for sure 
Yeah. And, and women use it as currency by saying, I want this, so I'll have sex with him. And that, it, if you know anything about energy, the energy of being physical, the energy of a text, the energy of your words, you can say the right things and not, not mean it and not be authentic. And you can still feel the scathing feelings behind it. For sure. So even if you're not saying it, that energy exists in your sex life. The truest form of like expression of love is like when you do something without any expectation, right? When you're not, when you're not using, if you're using any of these actions as currency to get something else, like it's tainted in my opinion, it's not Mm -hmm. a true expression. It's not a true form of like being intimate and close with your spouse. If you're doing this just, you know, on a girl's end to like check the box or get him off your back or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that what's cool about what you've done is you've taken ownership over there being a sort of a foreplay that happens in life that has nothing to do with what's happening in the bedroom. It has to do with how we're communicating, how I feel love, how I feel supported, you know, and, and contributing to that and not just expecting I always think about what that therapist said. What? We went to this therapist. When was that? Tracy. Like years ago. Years ago. And I remember saying, Andrew doesn't talk to me about anything. He goes to work all day and then he comes home and he doesn't want to talk to me and then he wants to have sex with me and I don't want to do it. I just don't want to have sex with him. I feel so disconnected from him and I don't feel connected when I have sex with him. So it, I just am losing and I remember, do you remember what she said to you? You do. We've talked about this. Remind me. She said, so she looked at Andrew in the face and she said, so you don't want to give Jenna any acknowledgement through the day and then you want her to prostitute herself to you at night. <laughs> yeah. And I can still see Andrew's face like horrified. Like, no, of course that's not what I want. Of course that's not what I'm intending. But the way she said it, I think really struck us both. Yeah. Where it's a two-way street, for sure. Yeah. No, it for sure is. Remind me the remind me the actual like the way the question was phrased. I said how? Well, I said how do you make things spicy? We really went off the deep end here. Yeah, it has gotten crazy, but <laughs> I think on a on a, from a guy's standpoint, like it's really easy for the guy. Like it's gonna no matter what, it's gonna happen for you. Is this too going too far? <laughs> I don't know. What are we gonna talk about? I'm just we can saying, always like, have Max cut this out. The guy needs to focus on serving and yeah, putting and, a little work in. Yeah, put in work and it will come back to you. Literally. Literally. <laughs> is that fun? Is that fun? It's fine. I don't know why we're so nervous. Like we no, have I'm, sex. I'm not nervous <laughs> about that. I'm okay. Go ahead. What's the next one? Although I always tell my parents anytime I'm pregnant, I'm like, it was immaculate conception. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> um, okay. So what's our go-to date night? Andrew doesn't plan our date nights. Occasionally. Maybe. A little bit. But our, I would just say pretty standard, just like dinner and... We love out. food. We yeah. love, love, love food. We love eating new restaurants, trying new food, going to classes about food. <laughs> Yeah. Talking about food. And we love friends. We love we love being with our friends. Yeah. 
yeah just as much like one-on-one time is important i think like finding couple friends that you really jive with both like that's when you find a a couple that the guys get along and the girls and vice versa like is really great yeah anyway okay Jen says, I'm about to get married. Congratulations. Tell me one thing you regret not doing at your wedding. I regret not wearing a veil. Really? Yeah. I felt like I wanted to be like casual and like it wasn't a big deal to get married or something like a veil was just like too extra. Honestly, the way I would throw a wedding now is ridiculously different. Yeah, I wouldn't wear a tuxedo. I wouldn't do any of this. I would wear a. I would wear like a nice suit. Yeah. Like I would have redone. I'd redo it. We should completely. redo it. I don't know about that, but I would do it totally differently. <sighs> totally differently. That's kind of that makes me a little sad. I mean, we our our wedding dance was to Clay Aiken because I didn't pick it. Yeah. Do you remember Clay Aiken? No, I don't remember picking that. I, we didn't. I just told the DJ, you can pick whatever. Like, why didn't I care? I think the details, I mean, that. I think my ADD was just going to explode. It just got overwhelming. Yeah, like little details differing. like that. I was just like, I can't even, that won't even, no. But now I'm like, I care that we didn't have a song. I would say. And that the it, song was Clay Aiken. Do exactly what you want to do and think about what that actually is because a lot of it was like, let's cram pack every single person that we've ever that our parents have ever known into this we, yeah. random building. And go, anyway, we would probably elope. <laughs> I would for yeah, sure. Yeah, We would do a destination way or something. I would do it smaller and more special. Yeah. More, more specific and detailed rather than trying to do accommodate like hundreds and hundreds of people. I think that's why people renew their vows too. Like they're different people. Yeah in 20 years and they want different things and they want to celebrate that love and that union in a way that, I mean, I was 20, you were 23. What, what our parents wanted is a lot of what we did. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's an impossibility. Like you can't change who you are in the moment. So I think all you can do is just do what feels right. Yeah. Um, okay. Best gift you've ever received from each other. Is this going too long? Where, Where are we at? 25 minutes? Oh, oh we're good. To do. Best gift I ever received from you. The children. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to say, but I, you can think of a physical gift. I think for me, it would just be any anything that like feels extra thoughtful, like going the extra mile. Um like early on it felt really special to like splurge and get jazz tickets or mm-hmm. whatever you yeah. know um so i think things that are the just the utah more... jazz <laughs> if you're not familiar yeah. not like concert jazz which would be fine too yeah of course you're talking about but i think just things that are a little bit more personal yeah um how about you oh andrew is the king gift giver. He is definitely his strength. I, I definitely get a little nervous every holiday because I'm like, Ugh, I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. But um, so it's really hard for me to narrow down. But the most, I think the most touching 
gift that I won't ever forget the rest of my life is when you bought the Lake Crusade on KSL. Why? Because we couldn't afford a Lake Crusade. You know the you know the pans. They're you know they're three or four hundred dollars, right? Yeah. They're expensive Dutch ovens, and I wanted one so bad to cook with. And you went and you found one that was brand new or close to brand new. Was it used? Mm-hmm. Was it used? Yeah, used, but like not. Yeah. It was basically brand you new. You got it on just... an ad. You found the because we couldn't afford it. it just. It's that extra effort of like, I didn't just go to Williams-Sonoma and click buy now. It's like, no, she really wants this. We really can't afford this. I'm going to find a way I can get this for her. And that just meant the world to me. Yeah. And I still use it. And every time it sits on my stove, I think about having no money and having that gift just mean the world to me. Mm-hmm. That's a good gift. You remember that? Yeah, I do. Okay. This next one. How do you handle disagreements when it comes to parenting? I can't really think of something where we're just adamantly opposed to, you know, a way someone's doing something. It feels like our way of parenting is like flying by the seat of your pants and just figuring it out, you know, doing what we feel is the right thing to do. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily the right way. I think you can get a lot of, of value out of, um, reading, talking to people that are, you know, have gone through it before, but, um, probably the most important thing is just trying to, trying to foresee the situation beforehand and discussing how you would handle it, you know, in that moment, if you can Mm -hmm. avoid, if you can have already talked about it then it's not going to be a confrontation you can you can work through how you would handle something when it's when the stakes aren't so high you know yeah or before somebody flies off the handle and does it the way that you're opposed to yeah um and obviously that's like a perfect world answer you know not always the easiest answer but um i think we've been really lucky so far i mean our oldest is 13 our youngest is 3 so we're still in those golden years of in a sense, really hard years, but we're not facing yet the sort of bigger life choices maybe of like a teenager, older teenager. But I definitely think we have different parenting styles, but they align really well together. Yeah. But there have had, there have been hard discussions. There have been conversations we've had with, with other couples, other families that have had to go through whatever scenario Mm -hmm. and then looking at ourselves and being like hey we haven't really we haven't really discussed that like how would we how would we handle that and then going talking about it and then sitting the kids Quinn or Jude or whomever down and saying hey you know and going into it with a plan rather than you know so I think what's helpful too when it comes to that is knowing the way your spouse's parents did things and what they liked and didn't like. I think, you know, for both of us, we didn't know about sex. We didn't talk about sex. We, it was just so taboo. I mean, not, I don't even want to say taboo, but my parents did not talk about sex and Andrew's a little bit more than, than mine, but not much. Yeah. Not super, not, not super explicit. Yeah. And so, not no one's explicit really but not even that but like in depth or thorough 
Sure. And maybe only once and not frequently. Yeah. Just kind of like surface level. Let's get yeah, this like out of that, the way. We checked that off. Yeah. So I think Andrew and I both knew that we wanted to tell our kids about sex, what it was, and talk about it frequently. I mean, it's not like every day, but we definitely talk about it a lot more than our parents talked about it. And knowing that we both feel that way and why the, our why behind that, I, I don't know. I think if I felt differently than you, I would maybe understand it more of why you wanted to achieve something differently for yourself and your kids. Sure. By knowing your history. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, that all we're all doing is feeding our inner child, right? Like Andrew, like he said, would celebrate Lolly really differently. You know, he walked into the house yesterday with the balloon insulation and the flowers being arranged by me. And he said, I thought we weren't going to do this. And I said, of course, we're going to do this. Of course, we're doing this. Like you wouldn't choose to do it that way. But you understand that that is such an inner child thing for me that I want to celebrate the kids that way. And you're really patient. So it's not necessarily a disagreement. It's just we would do things differently. Yeah. And you try to be supportive of that. Yeah, maybe maybe getting to the bottom of, like you said, the why behind the way you are choosing to do something when it comes to parenting. Yeah. Okay. Molly says, what does the division of labor with kids look like, housework, stuff like that? Good question. Yeah, it's a great question. It's it's definitely an evolution. It's not always the not always the same. And we have we have like a nanny that comes and helps with 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 Ruby during the day, um, but yeah, for the most part, I feel like we communicate and talk about the division of things that need to get done. I feel like there's some just like <laughs> just things that are naturally fall under me or under her, like default things yeah, a little bit. Like I think I don't know why, but a guy default takes the garbages to the road. <laughs> yeah. Why is that? I don't know. You're really good at it. <laughs> and you remember it, which yeah. would be my biggest. Yeah, maybe that's it. That's Just my that biggest that hole is that I won't know that it was to happen, even though it's every week. But everything, like when you when you think about feeding the kids or thinking about meals, like that's definitely something that comes to your mind. I'm yeah. usually more like, oh, let's run through Wendy's real quick. If Yeah. And you're way more proactive as far as like being prepared. But if I ask you to prep a meal, you will. If I yeah. if I have everything ready, to, even if I didn't have it, if I said, please make a dinner tonight, you would do it. Yeah. Yeah, I did on what, Sunday? Yeah. Yesterday? Yeah. I had all the groceries for you and he put together the meal. It was great because I was at work and you were at home. Mm-hmm. So uh, it hasn't always been this way. And you know, Andrew doesn't do a dish unless asked. So there are things. Yeah. There. That, that brings up a big thing though. Like a lot of people get when, when you're trying to divide tasks, like if you assume you're asking for trouble and we've done that for a long time where yeah. one gets frustrated with the other because the dishes are sitting there, you know, and you just assume that eventually he's going to see it and do it. And that isn't always the way, Mm-mm. but if you can just flat out say, hey, these are the tasks, you do this, I'll do this, it usually leads to, you know, less problems. Yeah. And I think anytime you can, anytime you can budget out getting help, is it just takes the pressure off the whole family. I just think it's a lot 
for a family to keep up on the house every single day. I mean, even if it's once a month or every few months, if you're a man that's listening, like, you know, be willing to help and support your wife by by making the budget available to have a cleaner come in because yeah, once a month for something just to take some of that yeah. pressure off. Both of you. Yeah, right. Yeah. But if like the if it's more traditional where the husband's out of the home eight to five or whatever, he's not necessarily going to be as involved in cleaning the cleaning the house. Um, but realizing that that's a huge task and that you yeah. can alleviate that. Anyway. Um. Okay. Are you getting tired? Are you good? No. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. You're doing great. You're Thanks. doing a really great job. Thank you. This is like more rapid fire, but I'm lo- I'm liking it because we're just like keeping it short and simple. Yeah. Um, I just hope that there's like things that people want to hear us say. Like I'm not. I think there will be. Okay. I've I've enjoyed hearing what you have to say, Max. Have you enjoyed it? He says yes, and he's not even married. Your eyes is so loud in that cup. You can cut that out. Okay, go. What's the next question? Um, okay. How do you make time for each other after kids are in bed? I feel like we just watch TV or are on our phones. We do we do that too, but like if you can be very specific about like watching a series together mm-hmm. or a movie or something. Um I feel like lately the last probably year or so we're so sick of our phones i don't feel like our phones really are a problem much anymore do you at the end of the day yeah yeah i think we do get sick of them but if you could make a concerted effort to if you're going to your bed if you're going to like watch a show put the phone away yeah i mean i i've been having so many sleep problems that i've been plugging mine in far away or in the bathroom and it's so helpful for me i mean for both both things yeah yeah, I think just deciding to not let the phone the phone is such a distraction Ugh, in in life in general, let alone just this time when the kids are in bed, you know. Yeah, just make the commitment to just not have your phones. Yeah. If it's you really can, hard. If you but... can not, I always have mine as the alarm, but if you could commit to not having it in your bedroom, that would be huge. Okay, it was a question about um, how to love each other through financial distress. I thought that was a really good question because I think you and I have experienced a lot of that in our past. And it definitely, definitely takes a strain on your marriage. They say that money doesn't buy happiness. And it's true in a sense, but money definitely does. That security really helps there to be a feeling of, of safety. And when you don't feel safe, you feel really on edge. Well, I think it, I think it will normally come down to taking ownership. Like my natural, you know, my natural tendency is to like, and I think your tendency too is a little bit to just like put our head in the sand to pretend there isn't a problem and wait till it actually is a problem. Yeah. And then that leads to, judgment of like oh this was your fault you yeah being this, defensive you let this go you didn't do this you didn't do you know that's where the problem comes yeah so if you can be honest with yourself if you can be upfront and and take ownership together like finances shouldn't be a one-way street it's a lot of pressure for one one of the two to take take full responsibility of it 
especially if one's like run, trying to run a budget and the other's not on the same page. Um, it feels like this constant push and pull. Um, I think behind that too is like a, so much of this conversation has been about what is the why? What is the purpose? You know, are they trying to just restrict you? Are they trying to just make you miserable? Are they trying so that you won't go to Target and have fun? Or are they trying to get a down payment for a house or start a college fund for the kids? Like having that conversation about why we're making sacrifices rather than if this like domineering sort of I'm in charge of the budget thing. Right. Like that's helpful helpful for me when we're setting financial goals is for Andrew who manages our finances to be like, hey, in order to buy this Airbnb, I'm going to need 20% down. That is going to equal this amount of money. In order to have this amount of money, we have to make this amount of budget cuts a month, you know, whatever. And then it's like I'm not in the dark and just annoyed about not being able to buy new jeans. And I am able to buy new jeans. It just sets us further away from that goal that we both have. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point to like if the times we're best with money is when we've like made a commitment. Totally. We're working towards something big, something like way beyond what we our comfort zone. So figure out a way that feels good to both and to take ownership of it together is what I would say. Cool. I love that. Okay, wait, two more questions. Like we've taken, we've we've learned hard freaking lessons in life about taxes and debt Ugh. and credit cards. Yeah. And it's, it's a point of like, it's a, like, it's a pain, you learn painful lessons when you put your head in the sand. Mm-hmm. And if you can just take ownership. Be honest with yourself and each other. Yeah. It's, it's such a temporary sort of band-aid to just pretend like the credit card doesn't exist or to, it just like, is this. But it's also, it's also like there were so many years in our marriage where I'm the guy I'm out like hustling, trying to make money and trying to sell and trying to do all these things. And you feel like when you're not doing enough that you're letting your family down and therefore you're not willing to, to own up to the fact that there's parts of the finances that you're just letting go when it shouldn't be one person that has to, that has to deal with that. If you can be honest and say, Hey, yeah, this is the, this is the situation we're in. Like, what can we do? And I, I, we're, we're scrappy. Like when we're working together, like we can make things happen. Um, but if one of the if one of the husband or wife or spouse gets backed into a corner and is the only one that's feeling the pressures, it's sucks. it's a lot. Yeah, it does suck a lot. And I take ownership over that because it would just be like, why are we in this situation? And I had no idea why we were in the situation because I didn't want to know. Yeah. Truthfully, the real truth is I didn't want to know. Yeah, it's like and even and even recently to you like regarding stuff with the business and the accountant and and I said you don't actually have to know how to do this I mean I it's kind of crazy that we just get married and become business owners if we become business owners and then we're expected to know about tax law and about filing taxes and and when you don't work in a traditional job like that takes there's a w-2 that takes money out of your taxes it's like I think I hope that felt good for me to tell you, like, you don't actually have to be an expert on this. 
because I think you have at times felt like that's your duty as the man and as the dad and as the husband is that you've got to figure out how to be suddenly also an accountant. For sure. So yeah. And it's okay to ask for help and say, I don't know how to do this. I need you to help me find someone to help us do this. Yeah. Knowing when you can delegate and pass, pass those things. But again, I think, I think it comes back to taking those responsibilities and taking ownership of those together. Like it's like you're both learning as you go Mm -hmm. and don't, don't assume, don't pass the buck to, to one or the other, like take ownership of, of where you're at in all those aspects of, of your finances. Yep. Okay. Two more questions. This is a great one. What is the best thing you've done for your marriage in the last few years? We've just, we've seen, we've seen a therapist a number of times, like to learn how to, how to communicate. Um, There's a lot of questions about therapy. Were you hesitant to go to therapy? I think there's a stigma for sure. Like you feel like you only go when, when you're broken or like, yeah, it's a, you know, things are bad. We're bad. And usually that is the case. Like you're usually going. Because you've reached a dead end with yeah, each other as far as... You're trying to fix something. Like yeah. You've, but I think if you can reframe it and and like even like therapy on a personal level, like just like we talked about hobbies, like doing those things because it's going to be good for you, because it's like part of your mental health, like reframe therapy as an individual and as a couple, it's just like a good thing, like a healthy, positive thing rather than a fix-all or a, you know... Yeah. You've really screwed up now, so we've got to go talk to someone. Yeah, and I actually, for for us, I feel like I look as therapy as two people who want to have a healthy relationship. It can and be, yeah. I think it can. I think there are scenarios where. Yeah, it's gotten. It's like it could be. The, yeah. It could be one being forced. Or 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 it really is something. I guess what I'm trying to say is that when we went to therapy this last time, we started probably a year and a half ago after 20 after midway through 2020 because we started on zoom is when we started to see someone because you know I think the stress and the pressure of the whole thing and it got to us and we were at a dead end as far as like figuring out how to communicate with each other and it felt defeating and then the, the more I started to go the more I realized we're actually just two people who do want to move beyond this and we're two people who want to be happy together and we're two people who do want to figure out how to communicate and we just need the extra help to do it. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, we suck. Yeah. Reframe the purpose maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, what qualities in each other do you hope your kids look for in a partner? I think this is a fun way to end. I can go first. Do you want me to go first? No, I, <laughs> I think it's, I think it depends on who that individual is. Like the kids. it would, yeah, it would take a lot for someone to take on all of your good qualities, you know? Yeah. But the. What are you saying? <laughs> I'm just saying not everyone can be exact like you, like your quality, your good qualities are like you make, a, you make friends with everyone. Yeah. You. Oh, are, I see what you're are saying. Super empathetic. Like maybe it's not within their traits, you know. Yeah, but that they don't want that. 
<laughs> in a perfect world, like Jenna is loving. She is empathetic. She feels deeply for what what people are going through. She's passionate. She like she'll have friends on different planet you know like we'll go to a new city and she's got a friend that she's meeting for lunch that i don't have a clue who they are you know she has this ability to connect with people and to to make them feel you know loved and appreciated so if 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 anyone can get those traits then they should you know (laughs) you're sweet i love you love you what do you not want <laughs> the boys to get? I'm really interested. That wasn't part of the question. <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> okay, my turn. Um, I love what you said because it's true. I mean, it's the, the kids are individuals, and I think that's really cool what you said because we are really conditioned in when we're disappointed in what someone chooses or who someone chooses to get married, it really is about that wouldn't work for us. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but that's not the point. It's like what would work for somebody else. But, um, Andrew is the absolute most patient person. I know he is. He never gives up on people. He is so patient, but he has really healthy boundaries um, it's not that he wouldn't give up on someone, but he, he has a good boundary that's healthy for him that says, I, it's okay for me to give up now. Do you, does that make sense? And I feel like you're really good at giving yourself permission in relationships that don't feel good for you to say, it's okay for me to be done trying. And I don't have that. <laughs> okay. And I will try till I die. Yeah. You know, until it's hurting me. I think that you have really healthy boundaries. Um, he is completely honest 100% of the time with who he is in his relationships, in his dealings with other people. I think that's something that all my kids can look for that, that will carry them a long way. Um, he is an excellent dad. He is such a great hands-on involved, supportive, um, best hype dad there is. And he does the hard stuff. And I can attribute so much of that for him being like the second oldest of six kids and his just being involved with his siblings. And he knew a lot more about being a parent than I did um, when we first got married. And I, I relied on what you knew. And that was so helpful for me because gender roles is like, oh, the girl knows everything. That's not, wasn't the truth for me. I didn't know how to change a diaper. I really don't think I'd even done it. So, um, oh, there's so many things. So, um, okay. I want to, I want to think of all the things. Um, he's really slow to anger. He's really, um, he doesn't even really get that angry. He is, positive um he does not think negative things about people he doesn't he rarely even says them he doesn't gossip he doesn't talk bad about anybody ever and so for me it's been so great having that been in the past something that's been hard for me to control 
being married to someone like that for so long is that we just don't engage in anything toxic like that because you're just really bored by conversations about other people. And I think that's a fantastic trait that I hope our kids recognize and know that in our family, we don't just sit around and talk about other people and other kids and other parents and blah, 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 all that. We just don't do that. And that's so much in part to Andrew of who he is and as a person. Did I nail it, Max? What else? Hold on. You said plenty of things. Did I? I don't know. There's just so much I want to say about you. I didn't say that many things. You said great things. I think you did good. Okay. Oh, you're done. You can't just leave. We, we got to close it up here. Close it out. Okay. Um, okay. Thanks, babe. Thank you. Did you have fun? Yeah, it's fun. A little bit? Yeah, totally. I'll just play this to go to sleep every night just to hear <laughs> you talk as much as you just talked. It was really incredible to hear so many words coming out of your mouth. I loved every second of it. I'm trying to convince you guys, I'm trying to convince Andrew Rammel to have a better Instagram presence because he is the coolest guy and he does the coolest things. And I think people would love to see all the things that you do. Okay. Your fish tank, your sprinter, like you just are a cool guy skiing, your beard, all of it. It's just such a vibe. He really is a vibe. Anyway, I love you so much and I am so glad to be married to you. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you had a good time like we did and that you'll meet us back here. As you may know, I don't tell you when I'm going to release an episode because I need that kind of freedom in my life. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified when we're going to post a new episode or we have posted a new episode. And you can follow me on Instagram at Jenna's Kitchen. You can also shop our family-owned business at thedailyessentialco.com. We love you so much.